please go ahead if you need to do, but um, I'd like for everyone to begin to really reverence when the word is going forth from now on, that we really don't move around because God's getting with you. The Holy Spirit is working and he's doing something. Um, we have to really reverence that and, and honor that moment. Amen. And this is one of those moments where this is, this is an ordination service for a young man who is beginning a life of ministry. So this is very, very, very important. It, it, it important. It's a solid moment, but it's a very joyous moment as we recognize the call of God on Joshua Aragon's life of the five-fold ministry calling. So Joshua, to signify your answer to the call of God on your life, would you come and stand right here? This is signifies he's being called out from among you to stand. Um, let's see, stand a little bit this way right there. Come up just a little bit. Okay. A little bit this way. Good. Okay. So um, I'd like to show his photos and testimony now. If you would, let's look at those photos. And uh, Joshua, about a year ago? A year ago. A little over a year ago. Well, actually, it was five years before that, that God told what seven years, that God told him to quit his job, make a cross, and carry it down the road. And he said, God, that's just too embarrassing. I can't do that. I, I, I just can't do it. And, and he choked. He choked. And he said, I can't do it. And God came. It's five years later. Five years later, he even told him, I'm giving you another chance. Quit your job. And make a cross and carry it down the road. He said, he called Jenna and said, I'm quitting my job today. She called me, Pastor Josh lost his mind. He's quitting his job. So I said, uh, you know what? He has lost his mind. Let me talk to him. So I called him in. I talked to him. And he told me. And he was out of it. And uh, you could not talk him out of it. And I realized God had really called him into ministry. So I said, Jenna, we're going to get behind it. And by faith. She has gotten behind him and is pushing him and uh, to do his ministry and being a good helpmate to him, to um, for him to be able to fulfill the call of God on his life. Amen. So here's some of the photos of him. We just did the uh, Unity March in Humble. First time in history, I believe, we've had a march in Humble where blacks and whites and Hispanics all walked together down the streets in unity. And Joshua was out front with the cross. Amen. It was wonderful. There he is at night. He carries it at night. And, you know, it's just a beautiful thing. You know, uh, I mean, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. A man carrying a cross is worth about a zillion, right? Amen. Beautiful. Cross Your Path Ministries is the name of this ministry. And uh, he's brought uh, a lot of people to Christ, prayed with them, and continues to minister to them. And uh, you're, what we're doing today is recognizing the call of God on his life. It's not that we're calling him in. God's already called him. Yeah. But we're recognizing what God has done publicly and having a public declaration and calling of him and Jenna into uh, into the ministry. Amen. So Jenna, would you come and stand you want the small by video? Josh? You want the small video real quick? Okay, yeah, let's watch this video. Pull over, ask him to pray with them. 
So he, it, he is doing the work of an evangelist. So an ordination of purpose is a visible witness to, uh, to the reality and work of the Holy Spirit who continues to call men and women into the service of Christ and his church. It is undeniable proof that God is not dead, nor that he ever has or ever will give up on his church. He continues to call men and women into the ministry. God himself puts ministry gifts into people, and he sets them apart for his use to be a vessel to carry the treasure of the gospel to hurting people. God does it, and we're recognizing the work that God is doing in your life today. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nations. So God didn't call you five years ago, seven years ago, a year ago. God called you before the, the earth and the world was ever even formed, before you were ever in your mother's room. God knew who you were. He knew all the faults and mistakes yeah. that you had, that, that you would have, and he called you anyway. He believed in you anyway. Amen. So... Today we publicly recognize the undeniable fact that God has his hand on your life for ministry. And in the presence of God, we now publicly set you apart for the work that God has called you to serve others with. This is not a big shot thing. This is not a, oh, let me get cards and stuff made because I'm a big shot, I'm evangelist. It's a very holy and reverent and important thing that God has called you to serve. You're here to serve others, not be served or say, look at me, I'm so big. It's humble. The more you humble yourself, the greater God will lift you up. But the minute that you get all that in a bag of chips is when he'll have to humble you. And those times are not fun, especially in ministry. Amen. So your ministry, and ministry is a call to serve other people. Mark 10, 43-45, whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever you desire to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. You're giving your life, Joshua. This is not something you can take back. These gifts and callings will always reside in you. God will never change his mind about calling you. So your heart to obey God and to serve and submit yourself to church order is evident to all. So God doesn't call perfect people, but he perfects and equips ordinary people to do extraordinary work. 1 Corinthians 1, 26-29 For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. We all have a past. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not, to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. So Joshua, when you submitted yourself to God, a beautiful thing happened. Just like in the book of Jeremiah, God said, go down to the potter's house. He said, I went down and there he was making something at the wheel. But the, the, the vessel that he held in his hand was marred in the potter's hand. It's one thing to be marred, but it's quite another to be marred in, in the hands of the potter. It says he took the broken vessel and he turned it into another vessel. God has been doing that in your, it's been a year now? 
Over the last year, we've watched God mold you into a faithful man of God. It's been a beautiful thing to behold. So you're a vessel. You're handpicked and created by God to do the work of an evangelist. God's been forming and reforming you for this work. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when you think about it, the work of an evangelist is a wonderful calling. It's the front door into the church. The work of leading people to Christ. The responsibility to be ready in season and out of season. To share the good news with others that Jesus paid our sin debt. And that he's reconciled us to God. That he's come to heal the broken. Urging others. Exhorting others. Pleading with others. Being an example to others. You're an ambassador for the Lord Jesus Christ. We all are. But as an evangelist, you are a representative of God to lead people to Christ. To lead them to put their hand in the hand of the Savior. Wow. 2 Corinthians 5, 20-21. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though we were pleading, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jeremiah said that the word of God was like fire shut up in his bones. So don't ever try to stop speaking the gospel of the word of God. It's like fire shut up in your bones. You've got to do it. The only way you'll have a fulfilled life is that you obey the call. Isaiah 52, 7. How beautiful upon the mountain are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. People are broken right now. People are hurting right now. They need to know that there's a God who reigns, who's ready to heal them everywhere they're broken, everywhere that that they hurt. Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He's made you a fisher of men. Now, I know that you know how to fish, and you love to fish, which is a good thing. But you can learn some things, like you need to know the fish, study the fish, Joshua. Go where they are, what you're doing with the cross. Offer what they desire, love, and accept. Know their feeding times. Have the proper equipment. Overcome obstacles of the day. When you go fishing, sometimes it starts raining. Sometimes where you thought you were going to fish is not going to work out, so you've got to adjust, right? So you've got to overcome the obstacles of the day. Prepare in advance for the catch. For the catch. Amen? So here's another thing I want you to know. Your life is not your own. Your life is not your own. You'll come to the real realization of that. There are words right now, but you will walk into that and you will come to the realization that there's no going back. Your life is not your own. Luke 9, 62, but Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. There's no looking back. You're in the ministry. And Jenna, you're called to. You're, You're called together. So you got to stick together. you got to stay together. And you got to put, put things aside that don't matter. 
and always keep Christ lifted up and keep the calling lifted up. Amen? Amen? Walk worthy of your calling. You will not be perfect. You will make mistakes. You'll learn, but never quit. Moses, Joshua, David, Peter, all great men of God, they all made mistakes along the way, but they got up and they kept going. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Stay in the Word. The Word is fuel for you. It keeps you full of faith. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Stay connected and in spiritual order. The reason that I'm successful as a pastor is because I'm connected to my bishop and my apostle. you got to stay connected, connected and stay in spiritual order. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the evangelist's best friend. Keep yourself stirred up in the Holy Spirit. 2 Timothy 1, 6-7, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So God never authorized a powerless gospel, but a gospel of miraculous signs and wonders. Go about doing good, Joshua, and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. Preach this gospel. And we declare that the attesting signs to follow your ministry are evident. God confirms the word with signs following. Now, as, as Paul charged Timothy, I now charge you. He said, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and in front of the church, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Don't ever bow down or cave. Stand strong and don't be afraid to um, tell someone um, the right path. Don't be afraid. People need to hear the truth. Amen. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they'll heap up in themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Amen? I'd like for you to come and kneel down. Jenna, if you would, stand behind me. Put your hands like right on his back. Father, in the name of Jesus, I anoint your son with oil. This evangelist that you've raised up from before the foundations of the earth. And Lord, I set my hands on him and declare, Lord, that he will win more souls than I've ever won. That he will preach in bigger places. That he'll be called upon to preach and to teach that, Lord, he, he will care for the sheep. He will care, Lord, that you put a love in his heart for the sheep. Father, I declare that your spirit comes upon him. Lord, as I lay hands on him, I declare that signs and wonders and miracles follow his ministry. That, Lord, as he lays his hands on people, you touch and you heal. As he speaks, Lord, let it be like you speaking. Father, we ask you, 
to anoint Joshua. We know that you've already anointed him, but Lord, here publicly as we set him apart, that after today, never the same, in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I now anoint Jenna. Step up just a little bit, sweetie. In Jesus' name, I anoint you with oil for ministry. Lord, you've called them together. So, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you will bind them together with cords that cannot be broken. That, Lord, they will, they will um, stay together in the bond of love and unity. Lord, at all costs, at all costs, they'll protect unity because there's power in unity. So, Father, I pray that you open up doors of favor for them to win more souls. Win even more souls. Give them favor with the people as they go out. That they win more souls. They bring them to church and we clean them. It's like he's catching the fish and we're cleaning them. So, God, I thank you in Jesus' name that you make him a fisher of men. That you show him how to be an expert with this Generation Z, this Generation X, this millennial generation. That, Lord, you show them how to win the lost. I thank you for creativity and wisdom to rest upon them. Lord, I thank you that he does the work of an evangelist. In Jesus' name, amen. Away. We just went to her um, 
funeral on yesterday. So um, Kevin is out this morning. So Jennifer is doing Kevin's job and her job. She's just doing it all. And so can y'all give it up for Jennifer right quick? To continue to serve God. Amen. All right, so hold your note sheet up. Let's make this faith declaration. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to hear and apply his word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything that the haters say I can never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody say, I'm still standing. Let's get started. Um, we're focused on the manifested glory of God. And today I wanted to talk to you about standing through crisis. We've been in this in crisis series over the last, I don't know, six or seven weeks. So if, you, if you're going through crisis, go back onto our app and um, under the sermon notes, not sermon notes, under sermon audio, you can listen to any of the sermons um, over and over to help you learn how to get through crisis. And so the first one is called Cover with Crisis. So you know when you get to Cover with Crisis, you, all the ones in between are all going to be on dealing with crisis. That's what we talk about preventing prayer through crisis. But today, I want to talk to you about standing through the crisis. Um, every single month, every the first Tuesday of every month, I have a, a, a power talk with my bishop. And I look so forward to those talks and those times where I glean from my man of God. And so this was so encouraging for me. I said, you know what? Let me just pass this on to the congregation. He almost preached my sermon word for word last week. But uh, there were some other things that I want to share with you. So he said, when he was in prayer, he said, God told me to come and tell you all, keep standing. Amen. I know we Pastors can get weary during this time because everything is different. You know, we have to embrace this new hybrid church that we have. That we're, you know, a hybrid is something that's half of one thing and half of another, right? So now we're, we're a new kind of church that will always have an online audience. Amen. Amen. So we have to embrace that. But um, he talked about, he said, God said, keep standing. Don't give up on vision. He said, keep praying, especially make time to pray in the Holy Ghost. Now, didn't we just talk about that last Sunday? We did. We just talked about that. So listen, I'm telling you, y'all, raise your hand if you're baptized in the Holy Spirit and you, and you know how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Um, some of us need to get filled with the Holy Ghost so you can do that. Because praying in the Holy Ghost, God reveals those things that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, either has it entered in the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him, but it says he reveals it through his spirit. So as you pray in the Holy Ghost, God begins to reveal things to you. So there's a way to tap into the mysteries of God that are God. How many of you got some mysteries in your life, the things you don't understand? I don't get why things are going. But how many God knows absolutely everything going on in your life? And so when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says you build yourself up on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, I can get you filled today before you leave. Amen? Um, but you want to pray in the Holy Spirit. So um, those are the two things he said. Keep standing and pray. He said make time to pray in the Holy Spirit. I believe that during this time, listen to me, during this time we have to be so um, discerning. 
so discerning that we're hearing the voice of God and we're discerning what's going on, what type of spirits we're dealing with, what, what exactly is happening. Were these fresh batteries we put in? Yeah, the second batch. It's just probably just warfare. Just uh, yeah, it's just warfare. So we got somebody praying the Holy Okay, so let's talk about standing through crisis. Number one, waiting and standing is part of the faith process. Waiting and standing is part of the faith process. It's part of the faith process. Do you want me to switch mics? You, if you want to. Does Murray have his? Will it record? Yeah. From the gray mic, it will record? Yeah, I'm on a, I'm on a general recording right now. You are recording? Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll go old school. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So listen, this is very important. Why is this number one so very important? Because sometimes when you're in the waiting and the standing process, you condemn yourself because it's taking a long time. It's part of the process. Set yourself free today. It's part of the process. Waiting and standing is part of what uh, God says that we'll have to do. So don't condemn yourself. Somebody say, I'm still standing. Amen. It's part of the faith process. You have to learn how to wait and trust God. Ephesians 6, 13 through 14. Can you turn this down a little bit? I feel like this mic is too hot. I can't really wear it back and preach. Ephesians 6, 13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, what does it say? Stand, stand therefore. Now look at Ephesians 6, 10 through 11. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to what? Stand against the wiles of the devil. So what does stand mean? It means to continue, abide, establish, to hold up. You just got to hold up. Remain valid or unaltered. Sometimes through a, through a storm or through an issue or through a crisis, you know, we'll switch up. Don't switch up. You've been taught faith. Now's the time to stand on your faith. Amen? Remain on a specified course. That's what stand means. A specified course, state, or condition. It means able to endure. A determined effort to resist or fight something. Holding one's ground. Resisting an opposing force. So to stand means all of that. And sometimes in a crisis, it's, it's, it's easy to get sidetracked. And like I said in the beginning um, today, is that it's easy to focus on what's wrong instead of who's right. And uh, when we do that, we, we sell ourselves out. So to stand means that I just continue to do what I know I'm supposed to do. I continue to stand on His Word, continue to believe, continue to confess the Word, continue to keep myself stirred up. In crisis, that's the last thing you want to do. You want to go to bed, you want to be depressed and all of this, this kind of business. But we're children of God. No, we stand. No, we stand. We have to keep ourselves stirred up. I don't, I don't have time to have a faith gap. Amen. I don't have time for faith failure. It's too critical right now. Amen. Amen. So, number one, waiting and standing is part of the faith process. So let yourself off the hook. If you've been giving yourself, you've been condemning yourself because it seems like it's taking a long time, that's part of the faith process is waiting and standing. Number two, God gives me strength to endure until change comes. So while you're waiting, you feel like you don't have any strength. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall change and renew their strength, their physical, emotional, 
and spiritual strength. You'll get fresh strength that you'll run and not faint. You'll walk and not grow weary. Amen? So he, he changes our strength. He gives me a strength to endure until change manifests. Hebrews 10, 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. So you just keep doing the will of God. Just keep doing the will of God. Amen? And then you'll receive the promise. So what, what are the five expectations of faith? The plan? I can, I, can expect, I can expect God to give me a plan of action. If I'm in faith for something, I can expect a plan of action. The wisdom of God. The favor of God. I can expect a miracle if I need it. And the last, the fifth thing is that I can expect God to give me strength to endure if it's taken a long time. He'll give me the strength that I need to hold out until change comes. Amen. You know, people in the Bible had to endure. We think that they were some kind of superheroes, but they were people just like us. And it took a long time. Moses, it took 40 years before he got to see the promised land. 40 years. Abraham, 25 years before he saw the miracle child. David, 15 to 20 years after he was anointed king, then he finally became king. Noah, it was 55 to 75 years before there was a flood or a need for a boat. 55 to 75 years, see? Most of us would have fainted. We wouldn't have waited. We would have just, you know, said, this is embarrassing, God. Come on now. I got a boat and people are laughing. People walking by there, no, he's built a boat because it's going to be a flood. <laughs> Who was right in the end? Amen. And no understanding we're safe. But 55 to 75 years. Joseph, it was 13 to 15 years before he ruled. Me, it's been 17 years that I've been standing on the promise of God from, from Dr. Fred Price. Amen. 17 years. But here I still stand. Because I know he who promised is faithful. Hallelujah. So, number three, while I'm standing, I'm resting in expectation. So, yeah, I'm standing, I'm doing all that. But, but it doesn't look like I'm fighting. It looks like I'm resting. Because real faith, that's what it looks like. Expectation looks like I'm resting. I'm not wrought up. I'm not caught up, but I'm resting in his promise, knowing that he's going to make good on what he said. Exodus 14, 13 through 14. It says, Moses told the people, fear not. Stand still, which means to be firm, confident, and undismayed. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And remain how? At rest. Remain how? Remain at rest. So I'm resting in expectation. Because God's going to come through right on time. Amen? He promised He'd never leave me. He promised He'd never forsake me. He promised He'd see me right through this, right? Yes. You know, um, I have my, my little dog, Mindy. I've had her for the last, what, four months? Since the day, five months? Five months. Wow, I've gone by so fast. So... Um, she's like a six and a half month old puppy, you know, and, a, and a, like next week she'll be um, seven months old. So she still doesn't understand everything. She, you know, she doesn't know that I'm going to always come back. So anytime I put the puppy gate up, she just goes to pieces. Like, why are you leaving me? You know, like I would, like I, when I look at her, I just, it just dawned on me the other day when I looked at her because we have some people working in the house 
you know, doing some construction, so I don't want her to get out the door as they're going in and out with tile and that kind of thing. So I put the, the puppy gate up so she can't get out. And uh, she was laying on the bed while I put the puppy gate in her face. Everything in her face and her little woo said, why are you doing this to me? Why are you leaving me here? So she doesn't understand the big picture. Many times we don't understand the big picture, but God does. And it's for our safety. It's for our protection. It's because he's got something else around the corner that you're not aware of. All she knows is I'm not with you right now and I'm not happy. Or I don't understand what you're doing and I'm not happy. And it just dawned on me how God is taking care of us. And, and, and I think when I look at her, how could she ever think, I love her so much, how could she ever think that for even an instant I would not care for her or take care of her? It's so ridiculous for her to think that when I've shown myself to be faithful to her all through the time that she's known me. I used to take her with me everywhere. And I thought, how God must feel that I thought, she's so silly. This dog is silly. And I think, you know what? When we get into a crisis and when God says, you know what? I'm putting you in time out. I'm putting you right here. It's not because you're in trouble. It's not because I'm angry with you. It's not because I'm leaving you. It's because you don't understand everything that's going on. Sometimes God has to position us and put us in a place where we don't understand. We don't like it. But we got to trust that he's got a plan that's bigger than what we can see. You know, I think Bendy trusts me. And, and, and we have to trust God that way. That I know he loves me. I know he saved me. And when I look over all the things he's done in my past. Ooh, come on somebody. When I look at all the way, every mountain he's brought me through. When I look at every time, every crisis, I thought, I'm, this is it. I'm going down. I'm never going to make it. But I came out of it and, and was able to say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side. Hallelujah. Amen. So we, we have to go through things knowing that God's not going to leave me. He's not going to forsake me. He's got a plan that's bigger than anything I can see. And it's going to work out for my good. Amen. So I'm, I'm resting in expectation. And part of that rest is knowing that God loves me. And being secure in God's love for me. I really think that's where a lot of the key is. In being able to stand and being able to rest. Is knowing that He loves me. And trust it. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. It says, lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he'll put the puppy gate up right on time, <laughs> and he'll take it down right on time. Amen. Amen. So, what causes the waiting process? Number one, the slothfulness of others. Slothfulness of others. Luke six thirty eight says, "Give it, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall what?" Shall men give into your bosom? Are you behind Jennifer? I think, can you put the scripture up, please? Yes. So, um, shall men give into your bosom? So, if 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 God is speaking to people to give to me and to bless me, everybody's not going to be obedient. So you got to pray people through. Sometimes God speaks to somebody to use their power, ability, and influence to help you. But you've got to pray and free to obey. Come on. Amen. Amen. Apostle was believing God for a, a clock, a timer clock, so that he could finish his sermon on time. He wanted a big clock that was a certain kind that would be in the back of the building. So he released in his faith and, and asked God for it, believed he received it. In faith, he believed he received it. Well, 
This woman came up after about 30 days later, and she brought him this box. The box was all torn up and messed up, and she said, Apostle, you know, when you mentioned that you wanted a clock, she said, I went and bought it that week. But she said, you know, I just kept forgetting about it and drove it around in my trunk for a month before I brought it into you. So, you know, who's driving around with your stuff in their car? Who's got your stuff? Who has God spoken to on your behalf that is not obeyed? Pray that God would trouble them. Pray, pray that God would send an angel to minister to them. That the Holy Spirit would talk to them. That they would bring your stuff to you. They would finally say, thank you, God. I'm going to get this out of my house so that you can stop troubling me about this. So sometimes it's the slothfulness of others um, that uh, causes people to um, not do, you know, uh, causes you to not receive what you're supposed to receive. Because sometimes God uses people to bless you. And most times that is how it happens. So um, you got to pray them free. Amen? you got to pray them free. So number two, another reason why, uh, what causes the waiting process is the seasonal order of things. The seasonal order of things. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To every name there is a what? A season and a time for every purpose under heaven. So there's a season. You know, wait and it'll change. Sometimes you just have to understand and the season. You know, we have a beautiful tree in our front yard. It's it's called, it's some sort of a pear tree, but it doesn't make pears. It just makes beautiful white flowers in the spring. Well, for some reason, this tree thinks that the summer is fall and it's starting to lose lose leaves. So this this tree is going out of season, but normally you you can set your clock by the seasons and you know what season it is by what this tree does. In, in the fall, in just a little bit, it should, the leaves should turn bright red. Bright red. It looks like fire from a distance. And uh, then all the leaves fall off and then there's winter. And then when spring comes, these little buds begin to just flower beautiful white flowers all over the tree. Amen. So you know that spring is here. And then as soon as the flowers begin to drop off, the leaves come out. And now you're in summer. And all during the summer, that's how it's supposed to look. So there's a season and in order to things, God set up the earth to be in, to be seasonal. And in the spirit, it mirrors that. Some things are seasonal. It's not the season for it. Amen? But you, you believe for it in this season. Amen? You, there's a planting season, and then there's a harvest season. But in between planting and in between harvest, there's what? Time. Seed time and harvest. So there's, there's, it's got to be the season for receiving. Amen? So some things are just seasonal. You just hold on and the seasons change. Things will change. All right? So the first one is slothfulness of others. Second one is what? Seasonal order of things. Then number three is sovereign orchestration. Sovereign orchestration. God is working on it. He's working on it. And he has to do things his way. Psalm 33, 11 says, But the Lord's plans stand firm forever. His intentions can never be shaken. So you've got to know that God is working in the unseen realm. He's bringing things together, and His timing will be perfect. He's, it's a sovereign orchestration. Look at Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3. It says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run and reads it. For the vision is yet for what? An appointed time, but at the end it will speak. 
And it will not lie. Though it tarries, what does he say? Wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Amen. So it's for an appointed time because God is working during the time part. Sovereign orchestration. He's pulling that thing together. And just like he did it for Daniel. Just like he did it for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just, just like he, he did it for, for David. Just like he did it for Daniel. He's going to pull things together. He is orchestrating things in the spirit. Amen. And he's going to pull it all together. All right? So the the causes of uh, waiting, number one, slothfulness of others. Go on, help me. Number two. Number three. Sovereign orchestration. Number four, satanic opposition. Now, I know we talked about this last week, but I don't think we can encourage ourselves enough um, or remind ourselves enough that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So you go home and you wrestle with your family. You go to work and you wrestle with that co-worker, that neighbor of yours. Hello, somebody. That neighbor of yours. <laughs> you, you think you're wrestling with your neighbor, but that's not what it's all about. You got a neighbor who, whoo, Murray got crunk with her yesterday. <laughs> not today. Not the one. I'm not the one, playboy. Not today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he got crunk with her uh, yesterday because she was you know, fussing about the dumpster in our driveway. You know, when she did, she did work on her house for a year. I get out of the shower and there's somebody on a scaffolding on the fourth floor looking in my window. I'm like, ah! She forgot all that. Now we just I haven't even had it in the driveway a week. Anyway, anyway, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, you know, that, that operate behind people. Um, Daniel 10, 12-13 I have come because of your words Remember Daniel was in faith We talked about this last week Daniel was in faith And, and it set his heart to understand the word of the Lord And the Bible says that, that uh, it, it Instantly He said the moment that you spoke I was sent The moment your, heard, your words were heard I was sent And then he said uh, in verse 12 I have come because of your words But the prince of the kingdom of Persia Withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. So he's not talking about princes or kings of the earth, but in the spirit realm, the demonic uh, forces in the, in the heavenly realm, the unseen realm, prevented the answer from getting to Daniel. Prevented it. For 21 days, Mark, Michael, the archangel, had to come and fight for him to get him, to get him free there to get to Daniel. But that's 21 days of uh, waiting. So there's, there is demonic opposition. But the good news is that Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power, exousia, authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm you. So you just have to take authority over it. Jesus gave us the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We need to use them to bind and to open. Amen? Amen? We tell them what to do, and they must obey the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right? So... So what are the causes of the waiting process? Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. And number five is strategic obedience. Strategic obedience. You must obey when God speaks to you. You know, if you have a personal failure to obey, um, then, then God's got to rework that thing. Because sometimes timing is everything. When... Uh, God spoke to me in the Starbucks line. I already signed the contract for a place for us to have church for the summer of, of uh, 2018. God had already told me wh uh, where to have church. I just signed the contract, just gave him the check. 
And I'm in the Starbucks line. Just came from there. And God said, go over to your old location and look in the window. I, no, he didn't say look in the window. He said, just go to your old location. I instantly obeyed. I got out of the Starbucks line and came here immediately to look in the window and call the owner and let them know I wanted to come back. I wanted, I wanted to rent it. He said, oh, we'd be so glad to have you back. But if I had not instantly obeyed strategic obedience, didn't I know how God was going to do it? No. Did I have the money to rent this place? Heck no. But I knew I had heard God. See, God moves when you move. So because I was obedient to come and look in the windows, I was right on time, and the power of God met me as I stepped out in faith to get this place. Amen. 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 So if you don't strategically obey when God speaks, it's not his fault. If I had waited or blown it off, I'd still be looking for a place. Amen. So, A, I want you to develop a listening ear. And, you know, he'll start you with the little things. Like, what is it Joyce Meyer said? Uh, he makes us put the shopping cart up. After you leave Walmart or the grocery store, you know, you can just kind of leave it. Sometimes I'll just leave it in between two cars. I got to go. God had not fooled with me about that. But he's, she's like, God is saying, go put that cart up. Yes, sir. Because if you obey in the little, you'll obey in the big. If you won't obey in the little, you're not going to obey in the big. You've got to obey in the little things. The small things. He's got to know that he can trust you. So you've got to develop a listening ear. Matthew eleven fifteen. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. And then many, many other times over in Revelation, he says, he has ears to hear. Let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. The Spirit of God is always speaking. But we need to always be listening and obeying. Exodus 23, 21. Pay attention to him and listen to what he says. Do not rebel against him. 1 Samuel 15, 22. What is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Amen. Number one. What was number one, y'all? Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. All right. Number six is sustained offense. Sustained offense. Offense. The earth brings forth fruit. The Bible says that the soil is our heart. The word is sown in us and it's sown into our hearts. And the condition of our hearts receiving the word of God determines what kind of harvest we're going to get. If your heart is corrupted, it cannot bear fruit. If you've got unforgiveness, if you fell out with someone, talk bad to your neighbor. You got you. <laughs> just like that. I'm just playing. He's like, I don't even the bus. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No. Um, but if your heart's corrupted, you can't bear fruit. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hebrews 12, 14 through 15. It says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. 15. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up cause trouble. And by this, many become defiled. Proverbs 4.23, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance, and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the issues of life. It's not worth holding on to. You have to figure out how to forgive. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that you'll forget, 
that God can erase the pain that's attached to it. You plead the blood of Jesus over your heart. Have you been hurt by someone? You plead the blood of Jesus over, our, over your heart. I believe it's um, Hebrews 9, 13, that you declare, um, how much more shall the blood of Christ be able to cleanse our conscience from dead works so we can serve the living God? So we just take it like medicine every day. Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my heart to cleanse my conscience from dead works, from this unforgiveness, so that I can um, serve the living God. Amen? So you plead the blood of Jesus. Take it like medicine over your heart. Amen, amen, amen. All right? Um, now let's look quickly at four things to resolve while waiting. Number one, the second wind phenomenon. God is able to give me a second wind. Amen? It's a phenomenon. That uh, runners experience. A runner can, can feel like they're about to drop. They don't have any more gas to go. I'm through. And then all of a sudden they'll get like a second wind and be able to keep going. God gives that to us in the spirit realm too. You feel like you've had it. Feel like you can't make it anymore. God will give you a second wind. He'll, he'll give you a fresh feeling. He'll give you a fresh gas in your tank. So you can keep going. Psalm 23.3 says he restores my hope, my, my soul. And then message translation says, true to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Hallelujah. So the second wind, God will give you, if you feel like you're tired, you just better keep going because God will give you a second wind. Number two, supernatural working perspective. So four things to resolve while waiting. The first one is you get a second wind. I resolve that I'm going to hold out and get this second wind. The second one is a supernatural working perspective. You know that God is working behind the scenes. You know, God had called me into ministry, but I still owned a photography studio. And, uh, you know, I, I went up there one night, and Kendall was with me when I went. I walked in the door, and I said, my heart is no longer here. I'm ready to sell this place. Well, the moment I said that, the phone rang, and it was a girl who was... Um, uh, who said, she said, her name was Holly. She had uh, come to, from the high school, and uh, I had sort of mentored her when she was in high school. Now she's out of high school. She's married. But she said, you know, I, I happen to answer the phone. I never answered the phone at my studio. Never. Especially not at 8 o'clock at night. God was working behind the scenes. I showed up at just the right time. Got the, the download in my heart. I'm ready to sell this place. The phone rings. I answer it, which was a miracle because I never answered the phone. On the other line, it was her. It was Holly. She said, I heard you were selling your studio. I'm like, well, I just now decided. But yeah, she said, well, my aunt has been telling everyone that she's going to buy your studio. God had already orchestrated a buyer for my studio before I even decided I was ready to sell it. Come on, that's supernatural orchestration. God working behind the scenes. Amen. Supernatural. He's doing things behind the scenes, things that you, you don't even know. You haven't even gotten the download yet. But God's already working in your behalf. So I can stand because I know help is on the way. I've seen God do it. Amen? So manifestation is coming. And while I'm waiting, he infuses my thoughts with his plan. See, he gave me the thought when I walked in the studio. Your heart's not here. Sell this place. And it took 30 days. 30 days later, she had the keys and I had the money and I was out of the photography business and I was in full-time ministry. Amen. Supernaturally, God works behind the scenes. Supernaturally, God works behind the scenes. Amen. Proverbs 16.3, he'll cause your thoughts to be agreeable with his perfect will. It says, roll your works upon the Lord. Commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his perfect will. And so shall your plans be established. 
and succeeding. 2 Corinthians 4.18, we do not look at the, at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Come on, the super, supernatural realm where God is working. So I keep his perspective at the forefront of my mind, knowing that he's working. Even if I don't see it, he's working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. That's not just a song we sing, but that's the way that we live. He's still working when I don't see it. He's still working when I don't feel it. Amen. The third one is satanic weariness. That I know, I'm resolved, I have a resolve to know that, that Satan and demons get tired. They get tired. Devils get tired. Spirits need rest. So don't give them any. Don't give them any. Matthew 12, 43. When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. So they seek rest. They get tired. So you've got to have a resolve to know that devils are getting tired. If I'm tired, then none of the devils are getting tired too. So you just got to outlast them. You've got to stand and stand there for. Amen? Amen. Alright? Then number four is a sure word of prophecy. you got a sure word from God. Amen? If you're standing on the promise of God and you're believing God throughout this pandemic, throughout this crisis, you know, for the plenty, plenty in 2020, whatever you're standing on, you're believing God for a job, whatever it is, you've got a sure word from God. Amen? Yeah. Numbers 23, 19. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? He's the most high God. He can use anything he wants to to bring victory out of the ordinary little things. At the Red Sea, with Moses, it was a stick. It was literally a rod. He said, Moses, lift up that stick over the sea. And when he lifted it up, the waters began to part. God can use anything. Don't say, I don't have any. I don't have enough. I don't have anything. God can take what you have. He can take something you've got in your pocket, something you've got in the shed out back. And God can cause it to, to um, cause the miraculous to happen. For David, it was a rock and a rag that brought down the giant, the supernatural power of God. You've got a word from God. And then there's the widow. For the widow, it was a little cake. For Jesus, it was five loaves and two fish. For Naaman, it was just a muddy river. But he's a way maker today, y'all. He is a promise keeper. He is a miracle worker. He is the light in the darkness. So if I can close with another song, he made a way. Standing here not knowing how we'll get through this test. But holding on to faith. You know that nothing can catch you by surprise. You've got this figured out and you're watching us now. But when it looks as if we can't win, you wrap us in your arms and step in. And everything we need you to supply, you've got this in control. And now we know that you made a way. When our backs were against the wall... And it looked as if it was over. You made a way. And we're standing here. Only because you made a way. You made a way. And now we're here. Looking back on where we've come from. Because of you and nothing we've done. To deserve the love and mercy you've shown. But your grace was strong enough to pick us up. And you made a way. When our backs were against the wall. And it looked like it was over. Lord, you made a way. And we're standing here only because you made a way. I didn't know that came to tell you that he's going to make a way. All you got to do is just keep standing. Just keep standing. I like that old song. I'm still standing. Amen. I'm still standing. What was that that um, Israel Houghton said? He said, I'm 
like the old Bozo the Clown. Some of us are old enough to remember those old Bozo the Clown that had some weight in the bottom. It was this blow-up clown. And you punch him in the face, he'd go down with he pop right back up. Punch him in the face, he'd fall down with he pop right back up. We've got to be like Bozo the Clown and just keep popping right back up. Yeah, I got knocked down, but I'm standing now. Amen? And I'm going to keep on standing. Hallelujah. I think sometimes you got to look at the devil and say, I'm going to keep your butt for the rest of my life. Long as I live, I'm gonna be traumatizing and terrorizing you. You it's not the other way around anymore. I'm gonna traumatize the devil. Hallelujah. Keep him on the run. Don't give him any rest. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that we're still standing. That Lord, because you've made a way. You made a way when there was even no way. When it looked like we were going down, when it looked like it was all over, Lord. You came before us and made a way. And Lord, we know that you're making a way through this storm too. Well, we didn't know where we were going to have church. When that place said you can't even be here anymore. God, right on time, you opened the door to this place. You did, God. You made a way. You made a way. And Lord, here we stand. Here we stand. When our backs were against the wall, Lord, here we stand. And Lord, we know that everything we face right now, anything that's coming up in our future, you're going to make a way. So Lord, we stand here confident, in expectation, in rest, knowing that you're going to make a way, that you're going before us. As we stand and as we rest and as we expect, Lord, you're doing what only you can do. We give you praise and honor and glory and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for going before us, for talking to that boss. For talking to that person that we need to hire us. That Lord, you put us on their mind. We pray them free to obey and to, to give to us. To use their ability, their power, their influence to help us. Lord, we, we pray them free right now in Jesus' name. Anything that's got our, our good stuff held up, Lord, we pray them free now in Jesus' name. Any person who's not obeying, we declare they hear the voice of the shepherd now in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for any satanic interference, any inter- interference that has kept our, our supply or kept our our, uh, our answer from getting to us. God, we rebuke the enemy now in the name of Jesus and declare that we're free to receive every harvest. We're free to receive everything that you have for us, God. Our answer, our healing, our, our situation, our crisis change, God. We receive it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. Hallelujah, Lord. Everything that's held up. Every bit of red tape, we call it out now in Jesus' name. We rip it out. Thank you, Lord. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is too hard. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you praise and glory, God. We just worship your holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, maybe you're here today or you're watching online and you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. But I want to be right with God. I, you know, I don't want to live my life apart from God. You say, Pastor Sally, would you pray for me? Yes, I would. You say, I'm living outside of God's will. I've never surrendered my heart totally to Him. You know, it was thirty. I was 31 years old. Um, what was it? How many years ago? 17 years ago now. Um, that I knelt down in my closet and I gave my heart to Jesus. I, I knelt down and I threw my hands up and I said, I'm through running. And I gave Him my life. I gave him access to, to everywhere I was in charge. I said, I'm not in charge anymore. You're in charge. I began to do things his way. I gave him my heart. I was born again. My life has never been the same. 
I never thought that God had ministry for me, that he would that He would use me in ministry. But when you, when you sell yourself out and say, God, I, I'm no longer my own, but I'm yours. God can take your life and turn it around and use it. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. He could use anybody. And so right now I want to just pray with anybody who wants to receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. If you would, just go ahead and bow your heads and just repeat after me. Just say this prayer. If you mean it from your heart, if you really mean it, all of heaven is bending low and listening right now. This is a very holy moment where you respond to the call of God. He's been knocking on the door of your heart. He's been, he's been talking to you and, and dealing with your heart. Now, today is your day to respond and say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I give you my heart, my life, everything that I am, all that I have, I give it to you. Amen. So repeat this prayer to me. Say, Father, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose. And sometimes, I'm sure I didn't know, but I'm sorry for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross in my place. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Teach me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you just prayed that prayer, you read it in your heart, if you're here in the church, if you would take the, the connection card out that's in your um, welcome packet, and if you would fill it out, and on the back there's a place to put a check mark that just says, yes, I say yes to Jesus and commit my life to Christ as my Lord. So you're going to take this card and you're going to take it back to Yuri in the red Wonder Woman shirt back there, and he, he's going to receive your card from you, and he's going to give you some more information about what you should do. Um, now that you've become born again, there are some steps you need to take. You need to be baptized in water. You need to um, begin to study his word. You need to begin to pray. You need to have a church. And so um, all these things, um, you need to get this into your hands so that you know what to do. If you're watching online and you prayed that prayer, go to the Acceleration Church app. On the very first page, on the bottom right corner, there's a little um, button that says Commitment Card. This is the card that you just click on. You fill it out. And there's all the information about what you need to do next. Amen in your journey with Christ.